This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where, Chris, there is a lot to talk about, one of which is the fact that Mother's Day is right around the corner, and I've been harping on this for some time, harping in the best way possible that the uh, floral department at your local Zupan's is a great way to take care of the loved ones in your life. So celebrate mom this Mother's Day with a floral bouquet from your local Zupan's. Why not cook mom a great recipe? Spring recipes available to you on the Zupan's website, whether that be honey cardamom carrots, roasted potato veggie salad, spring pea salad, uh, so many great things. Oh, here's an idea for you for mother. Do you call your mom mother? Uh, how about a wine tasting event? Send mom to a wine tasting event. And there's a bunch of them happening in the month of May at your local Zupans. Hop online, Zupans.com. Find all about uh, the uh, one that you might be interested in. There's a bunch of them taking place. And then, of course, while you're there, be sure to sign up for the news feed. You'll be uh, served fairly regular emails that tell you what's on sale, what's happening, great recipes. Uh, for example, fresh steel head fillets on sale carlton farms boneless pork chops local asparagus and more that's what's on sale right now through the 9th of may but uh, you can find out all of this for yourself and then of course don't forget private dining available at the cellar z in both uh, lake oswego and burnside hidden gems one of the most unique private dining rooms uh, they do events there but you can also Book the space yourself. So get all the details on the website, zoopans.com. And you can find Zoopans at West Burnside, McAdam, and a great store in Lake Oswego, in addition to zoopans.com. Here it is, time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast, right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelis from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm your co host, Court Johnson. Well, I'm Chris's co host, Court Johnson. We're going to give you a classic episode of Right at the Fork. In fact, we're not going to go back too far, but given that Lisa Schroeder has been in the news the last couple of days, I felt it very appropriate to return to this conversation with her. From January of 2023, if you hadn't heard, Lisa Schroeder invited to go meet President Biden in the White House earlier this week as part of a small business initiative. Well, just days later, Lisa Schroeder was awarded the Oregon Small Business Person of the Year Award. And I think many people that know Lisa and know what she does and what she tries to do knows that she is very much deserving of that award. So we wanted to return to this conversation with Lisa from January of 2023. Again, um, she's had a very challenging time over the past couple of years, as uh, many restaurants have. But uh, she talks very frankly with Chris Angelus about uh, what's been going on with Mother's Bistro in downtown Portland. So here it is. Classic episode number 339. This is Lisa Schroeder of Mother's Bistro. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. 
Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. And by... In Oregon, flavor is not just about food, but about character, freshness, and sustaining this beautiful place. Our fishermen continue to work hard to bring that flavor to all families who care about good food and healthy eating. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. Lisa! We have Lisa Schroeder here with us, and it's always a pleasure. And you look fantastic, which, you know, that's great. You you obviously aren't coming to us from the kitchen. You'd be you'd have fla- <laughs> you'd have flour all over your uh... true that. Yes, now with COVID, I'm working less. Uh, since COVID, not with COVID, but since COVID, I'm working less. Since COVID started, it's very hard yes. to refer to it now. We can't say it's over with yet. Nope, it nope. is definitely not over with it with the in the restaurant biz. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because, um, you know, everything's kind of intertwined here. And the COVID, along with what's, you're right in the heart of downtown Portland with Mother's Bistro. You're right in the heart of a family. And of course, throughout COVID, you didn't have a kitchen at home. So that was just nuts. And so I just, I guess I want to lead with, um, you know, you're not 30 anymore. Somewhere, you know, you're not necessarily close to that. What keeps you going? You have so much energy that I just, I just watch and think, how does she do that? Uh, well, Chris, you know, it's basically I have to. I have to. As you know, I'm raising twin 10-year-olds right. and uh, still running mothers. Um, thankfully, I have a lot of managers, but I still do the social media for the restaurant. I don't pay anybody to do that. All those TikToks I've been doing, it's me doing it, not some dweeb chopping up that my mise en place. You know, it's me and a friend. uh Clusing it together, and I, uh, I and I commend you for it too. By the way, I did make a comment to you that, holy shit, there you are taking on TikTok now on top of everything else that you. Well, have you going know, on. it's such a tough business. I mean, you haven't asked me how things are, but I'll tell you how things are. They suck. I well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> well, That's and it's just so point. you know we we have to do what we have to do to get some interest or get some business and you know it's not putting an ad out in in the local paper that's going to bring people in yeah well that that was a long time ago an ad in the local paper and then it became insta well it went from other things instagram or whatever you were going to do but uh now no and then you've got the added burden of getting people downtown where let's face it a lot of people don't want to go now Yes, it's it's it seems pretty hopeless. So, 
give, that's why I asked the question because I've seen you communicate that it's pretty hopeless on your Facebook posts, and so that's why I said what keeps what what keeps me going is that I have sixty five mouths to feed at my restaurant. I have 65 employees. I have my kids to feed and raise. My husband, who's retired. I mean, I've got to. I got to keep this thing going. I don't have a choice. What's the choice? I I don't know. So <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to be too intrusive and ask you. You know, do you have the choice to retire? And I, let's assume that you don't, because anybody in their right mind who had all this stuff going on might say, "Okay, well, if I don't have to do this, I won't." So I am not at the point where I can just say I'm done. I, I, uh, you know, many, I understand many older people did that with COVID. That's why a lot of people left the workforce. That was not a luxury for me. And honestly, I doubled down when I moved my location. I basically said, not only do I believe in mothers, I believe in it so much. I'm going to take all the savings I have and plunk down to move so that we'll continue to be vital for the next 20 years. And of course, that was a crazy uh, thing to do, given what ended up happening. But I... What, what year was that? Was that 18? I, 2018, that? I made the decision and started the process. 2019, January 2019, we moved. We had an amazing year in 2019. And then, of course, it all came to a screeching halt. Yeah. Well, you couldn't predict. Now, I guess question would be if you could foresee that coming would you have made that move no yeah no the whole point of mothers was uh, moving was i felt bad for people who had to couldn't even get in the front door i felt bad keep keeping people waiting i wanted to cut down the weight i felt bad for my kitchen staff who had to work in what was once a vault my dish pit was in a vault you know a, a it was just terrible working conditions, and I really wanted to improve all that. I didn't need to move. I had eight years left on my lease. I didn't need to make the change. I just felt that um, it was the right thing to do for the future of mothers. And I didn't, well, I don't want mothers to die with me. I wanted to carry on. I think it's a concept that deserves to exist, and I hope it'll live on beyond me. And it's part of the. Uh you know, the Portland landscape, and it has been for a long time. I mean, my first, you and I have spoken about this on your previous visits uh, to the podcast, but my first visit, well, actually, when I came to Portland and bought a house, we celebrated with breakfast at Mother's Bistro, and uh, so that was 2004. Oh, no, 2005. Uh, but I had discovered Mother's a year earlier when I was staying at the then the Fifth Avenue Suites, and I asked the concierge where I should go to eat. And Mother's was the most appealing of the three that he gave me. It sounded the coolest, and it was kind of close, too. So, right. Um, so, yeah, you've been... And how much longer before... When did you open the restaurant? Mother's... 23 years ago, Mother's opened January 2000. 2000. January 2000. 23 years old. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. a long, long time. Yes, it so, is. Good for you, and uh, and you've sustained. So now you're saying it's it's. I don't. What was the word you just used? Impossible, or I don't. Uh, it's 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 all very difficult. Um, I I have exclaimed on Facebook. You know, looking at the numbers and seeing how we are and how things are and the costs. It's not sustainable. 
And, you know, we all saw that Noma announced that uh, Rene Redzepi announced he's closing Noma in 2024 because the model of fine dining is no longer sustainable. Now imagine he had 20 to 30 interns working for free. Okay. And, you know, imagine when you, if you pay people top dollar and benefits and everything, it's very hard to, um, to keep it going. And, uh, with rising prices, I mean, all of a sudden now people are aware that eggs are costing a fortune. Well, eggs are the sustenance of my business. We are all about eggs, thousands of eggs. That's so the imagine, last thing you needed was that. Um, exactly. Uh, after so everything else. Right. I mean, so talk about rising costs. All of a sudden now it's newsworthy and on OPB. Well, how much are eggs now compared to for you? They used to be You're 29 wholesale. They used to be twenty nine dollars a case. Now they're sixty nine dollars a case. Holy shit! That's uh, yeah. That, by my math, that's more than a hundred percent increase. Yeah. And, it's, and how many come in a case? A hundred and eighty. Hundred eighty to a case. Wow. And, and on, so on, on top of that, ch- chicken has gotten everything. ridiculous. Everything. So we are totally feeling the crunch, and so high pay, high costs. How do you stay in business? I mean, it's not like it isn't sustainable. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not sustainable. I raise, you know, I will people pay $45 for a pot roast. That's really what they should be paying to cover the costs of everything that goes into making the pot roast. You know, it's interesting because I remember hearing that 10 years ago that we're not paying enough for our, our the food we're getting at restaurants. And if it if that was the case ten years ago, I don't know if the number was forty five dollars for pot roast, but it was it was I remember eye opening to hear restaurant owners and chefs say this is what it should cost, and now it's even higher. How can that work? Because uh, I think I don't know. I'm not an expert, but you know we have an income disparity in this country, and of course, some people can afford forty five dollars for pot roast, but they're still going to bitch about paying it. Um, and then other people, you know, I found myself I I am not going out as much as I used to. I just can't afford it. Chris, so many things have changed since COVID. So many things that affect my business and many restaurants. I mean, the first thing. People are going out less. It's just a fa- I go out less. I don't, honestly, I don't care about trying the next new restaurant. I could barely get out of the house. It's so freezing cold and it's raining and meh, meh, meh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, so I'm going out less. People are going out less, ordering in more. Well, if you're ordering in more, what are you going to order? Are you going to order something you can make at home, like meatloaf or chicken and dumplings? Or are you going to order something exotic that you can't make, like Indian food or Thai? Not to say you can't make it, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm making a supposition here. So that's changed. So people don't want to go out. People are ordering in more. Nobody is going to offices. The offices are nearly vacant downtown. That's the killer for you, right? It is totally the killer for me. It was my breakfast and my lunch business, the mainstay of my business. We weren't mainly a dinner house. We were mainly a breakfast. People knew us mainly for breakfast and lunch. So people aren't coming for breakfast meetings. People aren't coming for lunch meetings. People aren't coming for coffee or pastries or happy hour. There's... 
There's nobody downtown for, for that perspective. Office workers from the city aren't even back yet. They're coming back part-time in April. So they're not even, city workers aren't even setting an example for the rest of the city. So, okay, so less city workers. Now, what? let's see what else. Okay, so and rising costs and rising, you know, taking care of my staff, you know, the way to keep people and to not have an a, a, an employee shortage is to pay your people. So I pay. And because I would much rather keep somebody than have to train someone else. I love my people. So I'll do what I can to keep them. And, um, but all that, it just doesn't all add up to a profitable business. Now, what some restaurants are doing which I'm not going there, is they cut people and they either use robots or counter service. Mm. And that's not who we are. That's not what I am. That's not I what am Mother's all... Bistro. You no. are the, they are a pit, you are the epitome of the exact opposite of that. Ex- I mean, I'll, I'll freaking spoon feed you if you need it. I'll right. cut your steak for you. I used to have a woman who, <laughs> may she rest in peace, uh, she used to order her, t- her roast chicken disjointed. Can you take it? Can you cut it up for me? And we happily did. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's not, I, I can see that. But on top of that, one other thing that you didn't mention, and I feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't mention it, but it's crime down in that area. I don't want to park my car anymore down there. You know what? And it's not the crime. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the drugs. Right. It's, it's not the homeless. It's not the crime. It's the meth and fentanyl. Primarily that, that is leading to brazen behavior, outlandish crimes that nobody would, under normal conditions would do. Right. And this entire city is suffering because of it. And I met with the police captain of downtown and I said, you know, this is terrible. My restaurant is in the nexus. You know, we're right next to Voodoo Donuts. It's the nexus of tourism and it is the supermarket of meth and fentanyl in downtown Portland. I said to the cop, the captain, can't you do something? I mean, everybody who comes to Portland comes right there. This is right. what they see. And he said, oh, well, since measure 110, our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. And, you know, as you know, that measure passed, but with also giving funds for treatment. The problem is they gave the rights, so, uh, you know, they decriminalized the drugs, but didn't have the treatment set up. That money took years to get together. So we have this imbalance that happened and Portland became a hub for people. What you, what you see downtown are not homeless Oregonians. What you see are meth and fentanyl users coming from all over because they can get it and they can enjoy it and do whatever they want and not have consequences. Um, also, I mean, you know, don't get me started, but I really feel like the police have been on strike. I feel like since 2020, they're, they're, we're in a passive aggressive relationship with our police in downtown Portland, with the whole city. And they're basically, our hands are tied as citizens. They'll do nothing for us. And every time it's, they throw up their arms. Oh, we don't have money. We don't have funding. We don't have people. I've, I had a woman throw a skateboard at one of my guests' um, windows on, on the street on her car. I tracked the bike police biker down. He wasn't doing anything, and all he said was, sorry, I can't do anything. I only can deal with personal crimes, not property crimes. That is unbelievable that the city hasn't said, all right, 
bullshit at some point we have to for maybe not for mothers maybe not for voodoo donuts but for the city and for the people of the city yeah yes and for mothers and for voodoo donuts well I, I, it's not just about me i know it's, it's for the whole city we need to get this drug situation under control every time you see an abandoned rv you see tents around it you know why because that's the dealer the rv is the dealer and he buys the tents for his users and he keeps them close this is what we see little little conglomerations of dealers and users that is what is in our city and i feel terrible for the homeless who are truly homeless who need our empathy and our care and in you know it reflects badly because everybody puts the everybody into one category and there are many different categories of people without homes and they shouldn't be vilified and sadly because of the drug dealers and the users who were misbehaving other people get put in that category well i listen i'm not very involved in any politics i follow it but i can't believe that something as important as what you're talking about goes to a vote as opposed to the people who get voted in saying we got to handle this this has to be done so uh it's a really sad situation so do you you know i had jeff latham on uh the podcast um oh two months ago and that was uh that was because of what had happened in front of Salt, you know, where he is in front of Salt and Straw. And a lot of it came from that same situation you're talking about, an RV that was set on fire, that put everything in motion. And, he, and, and, and uh, Kimberly Malik of Salt and Straw got a little attention at the time. But where has that gone? Has that gone anywhere since? You would be aware of that. She got a lot of negative attention. Yeah, she got that too, but she did get the attention of the brass in Portland, I think. I, I, um, gosh, I hate to sound so hopeless, Chris, <laughs> but I feel pretty hopeless. I feel that, um, we're in a crisis and I'm not optimistic that we're going to come out of this um, easily. I really am very optimistic having Tina Kotek as our governor because what I know now is that uh, Wheeler and Brown never spoke. I found out late in the game that they never spoke. She had a grudge against him. And she can't, if the governor and the mayor of the <laughs> are not working together, the city is not going to be yeah. successful. So I think that uh, Tina Kotek is going to grab this bull by its horns and try to get a handle on this situation. And so I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and hope that we're going to start to see some things happening now. Yeah, might release gonna, the floodgates a little. It's going to take a while. And I, I recall, I was just watching, have you ever watched, I'm sh guessing you might have, the documentary by Rick Burns uh, on New York. Um, it's excellent, by the way. It's a 10, uh, I think it's, yeah, seven or 10 parts. I just watched it. And that same thing you're talking about, that same dynamic where the governor and the mayor couldn't get together happened back in the 70s. And look at New York in the 70s. Similar thing. It wasn't the same type of crime, but it was similar where it was hopeless for a lot of people. And, uh, and here we are 50 years later. Sorry, I have to look up and do that math. Yeah. Uh, 
50 years later in a different city, smaller city, not as much to tackle, and it's not handle it's not happening. You it's it's no surprise that some restaurants have picked up and gone out to Beaverton and to Lake Oswego. That only, hasn't worked for many. I know, only to find out that they can't get the labor out there. I suppose that's what it seems like one of the problems is. Um, but that's not an answer either. So there, there are, there are, you know, that, that's a big, that was a big part of any city, you know, is restaurants and, and uh, the hospitality industry makes up a huge portion of the economy, especially in Portland, Portland when it goes beyond dollars and cents to PR and image and tourism, like nobody's business portland had it going in 2016 17 and 18 hey chris let's pause a moment and talk about oregon dungeness crab it's a favorite dish at holiday gatherings special occasions or just when you're in the mood for the sweet delicate deliciousness you can only get from oregon's tastiest crustacean It's harvested sustainably from Oregon's cold, clean coastal waters and is available now at your favorite seafood retailer or restaurant. Oregon Dungeness serves up equally as an appetizer or an entree and lends itself to both down-home and white tablecloth cuisine. And it's also as nutritious as it is tasty. We know it's tasty. A three-ounce portion of cooked meat has 19 grams of protein and contains important minerals and amino acids. It's low in both fat and calories as well as cholesterol and carbohydrates. That's important to me. Yeah, and rest assured, the fishermen are not just delivering a delicious and healthy product. They're also taking care of natural resources for future generations. Visit OregonDungeness.org for information on preparing your favorite crab dish and learning more about the fleet. So go ahead and crack the mystique. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. So when you say it feels hopeless, but you're still going, and what do you... Where, where do you see it going, like in a year or two? For you? Well, I see taking pay, a pay cut. I see trying to figure out, you know, together with my staff where we can, you know, make how we can do things so that we can figure out how to get profitable. You know, I mean, I, I did the math and I spent uh, a comp to uh, employee meals was my biggest comp meals. Um, last year, you know, buying food for the staff. And uh, so we have to figure out, you know, is it doing family meal instead of letting everybody order what they want to order? Or, you know, or is it uh, raising my prices on food and trying to, you know, I'm trying to negotiate with my landlord who has asked me to open now seven nights a week. I'm open now seven nights. Uh, I'm in a hotel and this is one of the things a hotel wants to see. So they have a place for their guests to eat. Well, I'm totally doing it out of the requirements of my lease, but it's definitely not worth it for me to do it. So trying to negotiate some costs here and there and see if we can figure out a way to make it through all this. How about, um, has the, uh, vacancy rate at the hotel has that, uh, what kind of numbers are they seeing? Is that picking up to the anything close to what it needs to be? It goes up and down like a roller coaster. You can be almost full one weekend and have 20% the next day. I mean, it is volatile. It's all volatile. 
And and revenue wise, approximately, where are you percentage wise versus where you? Um, were I'm t- a third, a third of my sales of what I did in 2019. Oh my god! A third. That is crazy. And you were, you know, everybody was having a challenge back before the pandemic, just figuring out how to deal with labor costs. And and now to go to chop it. And, and you can deal what if you have volume, you could kind of make up for it. You know, the you keep the engine going and the train going, you can make up for it here and there. And I think one of the reasons why we saw a lot of restaurants close is because they're living from paycheck to paycheck, right? It's mm-hmm. so many were depending upon that week's sales to make the next week's payroll. Thankfully, we're not in that spot. But you know, it's, it's tight. And uh, the only thing that really got us through this is we got Restaurant Revitalization Act money. We had the good fortune of getting that money, and uh, that saved us. And but you know, can only carry us but so long. And didn't weren't there a lot of hoops that you had to jump through to to use that money? Not not well. You have to use it. all that money by March 2023. But we're already You're we're already it. tracking. I mean, it takes that uh, so much to stay open. So. Yes, that money easily spent. And is there any hope that uh, more will be coming into the... into oh, no. the? No, that's no it. No more free money. They'll bail out banks. They'll bail out airlines. They'll bail out Morgan Stanley, but they won't bail out... It was, look how hard it was to get them to help hospitality. Well, that's primarily because that's a lot of small voices versus the clout and the lobbyists in in Washington. But now that you mentioned banks, um, I want to segue. Yeah, well, you provided it. Thank you. (laughs) I I, I just did the job of identifying it. So um, so I'll let you explain it. But so here's the thing in the climate that you're talking about where you need all the resources you can, including your employees, uh, customers, uh, the the city government, your hotel part, you know, your hotel, everybody has to be part of this. And then you have the close, like your lifeline, the heart of your business is your bank, right? That's, you need them to be playing ball. Now, we all know that Banks aren't the most beautiful people in the world, but you expect them at least to be close after to human. After 20 years and right. after so much thousands upon thousands of dollars going through, you'd think there'd be a little courtesy. Yeah, just and, yeah, one would think. But I going into this, I will just tell you, I had life-changing experiences with Wells Fargo a few years ago where I sat there, you know, when I was trying to get a home modification in 2009 uh, and realized, wow, this is the way they were doing business and the way after they took the money, by the way, they took our money uh, and the hoops that they not only hoops, they were hoops on fire that were there was no space through them to jump through. Uh, I, I, first time in my life I came to the conclusion that man this corruption that you can see about in that New York documentary right that's been going on for years and years and years I never really felt 
but it's corrupt that they're able to do business the way they do. Now, explain what happened with you in that one bank that follows the JPM uh, <laughs> moniker. Yeah, that one. Oh, I've been dealing with the same bank for so many years, have all my personal accounts there, have my business accounts there, have a savings account there. And um, somebody somehow wrote, created checks with my bank account number, but their name on the checks routed to the same bank. They, her name was Lenora Rodriguez, went with these checks, wrote the checks to Winco and Fred Meyer, bought whatever they bought with them. It went to my bank and they got through the bank and appeared in my bank statements a month later. So we get our bank, the, the checks are written early August. We get our bank statement mid-September, eh? My bookkeeper looks at the bank statements to reconcile our books at the end of September and calls the bank immediately and says, hey, we found three checks here that don't even say Mother's Bistro on them. It says Leonora Rodriguez with somebody else's signature. They said, oh, well, you know what? Since those checks were written more than 30 days ago, sorry, we can't reimburse you. That is, said, what are you talking isn't about? Isn't that the idea behind checks and all that, sh- all the safety things on them? No, because no. So we, my, my, our, we, our bookkeeper was supposed to open up that bank statement the minute we got it, and immediately turn to all the pages of the checks and immediately identify fraudulent checks. That's what I, as they're saying we should have done. What does anyway, immediate mean? Like that minute? Like the yeah. Minute they- so two weeks later was too late, and they refused to give me oh back my, my eight hundred and seventeen dollars. And I try. I called the bank. We called fraud. The fraud department said I had to handle it. We called our banker. He said he was going to look into it. Couldn't do it. Um, f- called the fraud department again. I went on Twitter. I tweeted them. They said, call this number again. We're declined. So over and over again, they chose to just not reimburse me that $817 that they let go through. Like, what's the point of signing? You know, how you have to sign cards. Right. That doesn't matter. What's the point of having checks printed with your business name? That didn't I, matter. When I deposit a business, uh, a check that's written to me on my business, my bank, which is not the same as yours, it's not Chase, this is U.S. Bank, they'll sometimes hold it a week before, because it's got to clear and go through the right protocols. So I don't understand how your bank could let that through and then not make good at it. I don't care if it's three months later. It, 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 where is That's it written in your agreement that you have to reconcile within a week of they uh that's what they say business accounts have to do it within 30 days of the check being written not the statement right the check was written august 6th we told them september 30th but we didn't get our statement till september 10th wow so uh yeah it's going to be on the news today i i kind of bitched about it on facebook and now kgw is going to do something about it yeah, well, hopefully no. that'll get somewhere. Well, but it, it may not get a, a big bank to budge. It just may it not. It may not, but I uh, I also got some comments from some lawyers that recommended, told me where I can make a complaint. And I know time is money, and that's why so many people give up at a certain point. But I feel that this is, I feel it's wrong, and I got to fight for it. I agree with you. That's That was my first thought when I went through trying to get a... Um, 
a modification on my loan years ago, and I, I the, my first thought, not my first, but along the way, which took a year for them to come back to me and say, okay, we'll give you three months uh, hiatus on paying your mortgage, but on the 91st day, if it's not paid, we, are, we can um, claim your house. On the 91st day. And I said, I don't need you to do that. I cannot pay and then get a year before I got to get out of here. But the point is, I was thinking along the way, how does anybody who works nine to five, who can't get on the phone to these people to wait two or three hours to then be told, get, make an agreement where they say they'll do something, but then they won't give you their name and they won't send you any confirmation that it's going to happen. That was my gripe. And it's just unbelievable. Things shouldn't operate that way. But what about the banking commission? Did you Have you contacted the banking commission? Um, yeah, I got some names of people I'm supposed to file with. So I'm just going to take care of that and try to file some complaints here and there. But and hopefully for, something for, will come of it. And you know what? You're right. At some point, the $817 becomes something you'll just say, okay, it's I'm pissed off as hell, but I don't have time. Well, I'm already now. changing banks. You know how much time that's going to take. I already. Oh my god! Uh, you for know, all make, those tomorrow accounts? morning I'm going to spend. Already had one meeting. Have another meeting. You know, it's a big deal. And then all the automatic withdrawals we have to set up. It's it's a big deal to change banks, but they will not have a dime of mine uh, if I can help it at this point. I understand that, Lisa. It's just one thing after the other, and. Um, uh, what else is coming? That's the thing. This is not just finite in that insofar as what we've talked about today is the end of it. It's like with, you know, from and you're a vocal person. So not everybody is going out there and saying this is what it looks like. But I'll tell you what, I've seen it over years in Portland with all my friends, businesses and cars, windows smashed daily. Just shit happening all the time. And it's just not right. It's reminiscent of another time or a a futuristic sci-fi movie. Yeah, I've had my car broken into and I lived in New York City. And so uh, nine times counting my my and, you know, I'm so dumb and I would continue to leave things in my car. Now I don't do it anymore. I finally after the ninth time. It wasn't all done here in Portland, mainly in New York. But uh, yeah, windows get smashed in New York a lot. And now we're just following along. I won't leave my uh, for years. I would drive into Portland and leave my pooch in the car while I go did when did whatever I wanted to do. Eat, shop, meet, you know, business, whatever. For hours, I will not leave my dog in the car any longer and it's it's just a it's a sad state of affairs not that yeah. that's a great thing because i'm sure there are people who are gonna who think that i left them in in 120 degree weather oh don't worry about <laughs> <laughs> i know you didn't well i'm a res- i love my doggy i'm not gonna put him in peril but that's exactly why i'm not leaving him in the car any longer because i just don't feel all that time i took it for granted um was rough and even my catalytic converter i have to say i squeamishly walk out of restaurants now towards my car and just and then turn it on and hope i'm not going to hear that that's all so i was going to the airport and our friend lives right near the airport i was going to park my car there and i said nope i'll just leave it at home and uber like it's not worth taking a chance yeah it's crazy 
Hey, Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Hey, Court, I know you love the hats, and I kind of do, too. I always have a hat on. Mm-hmm. For the first time in Ringside's 79-year history, you can get a hat, T-shirt, even an apron for your favorite Ringside fan. Those are available in person on West Burnside. Go to when you, while you're eating, ask for them, or just stop in after what four thirty, I guess. Yeah, this is really exciting for me, Chris. We were talking about this off air, and when you told me this news, I got really excited because uh, a few years ago, I noticed somebody back of house at Ringside wearing a really cool Ringside T-shirt, and I thought. I would like one of those, but you know, it's ringside steakhouse. You wouldn't necessarily think to go there and buy a t-shirt. Now you can first time in 79 years. This is exciting. This should, this should be headline in the New York times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So take advantage of that. Also take advantage of the three course prime rib dinner that takes place on Mondays. You you've done this. Oh yes. And it used to be Wednesday. So be aware because I had a friend join me for dinner once and she was expecting Wednesday night prime rib not happening. So yeah. um, But they do have it available outside of the special on weekends as well. So you can get prime rib with their unbelievable Yorkshire pudding um, on those nights. But the special is Monday night. That's the night to do it. I was there last night. Wednesday night, it was packed. So, um, but I wasn't packed to the point where you couldn't walk around in the, uh, the hostess host section, but it was, it was nicely packed. And of course, we had an incredible, including a, a meal, including the Wagyu, which anybody has to do once, at least in their lifetime or more. Once you do it once, you want to do it more. And I have. Uh, don't forget right now, because it is Dungeness crab season, you right now on the menu in the, in the appetizer section, the chili lime Dungeness crab cake. So get that while you can. Or the crab cocktail was unbelievable. So... I suggest anybody there, if, if you're going with the table, get the crab cocktail and the prawn cocktail and have a, start your meal off the right way, including onion rings, of course. Oh, yeah. Got to do, do that. Got to do that, too. So also, one quick thing, because we've been talking a little bit here. Halibut season starts May 10th, and Ringside will have that on the menu made Chef Jonathan Gill's way after that. So mark that on your calendar and make a reservation. You can do it at ringsidesteakhouse.com or on the Open Table app. Listen, you. I know you've taken some vacations. Do you have any? Is there something positive we can talk about? We can talk about that because one of the things I realized is, you know what? Since I have to pay my people, I might as well take the time off. You know, I need to keep people employed, so I'll give myself some time and and enjoy the slow period, which is what we're going through now. So I took my grand twins to Hawaii. My granddaughter lives on Oahu, and uh, we took them to see her and to also check out Kona. And sadly, um, we got stuck there because of the bad weather in Portland, and poor us had to stay an extra three days in Hawaii. Woe was us. (laughs) No, it was a great thing. I I think you planned it, Lisa. Uh, it was a great thing. And we, we had the foresight. Once they postponed our flight by an hour, I said, Rob, the handwriting's on the raw wall. Let's let's 
try to move our flight to after the weekend because the weather's going to be bad. And we did. And thank God we did because once they canceled it, nobody could get a flight out the next week. So we, it worked out for us for the better. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, you try to get away, and now, you know, you talk about the banks. Well, the airlines aren't so friendly these days either. So, well, they were. They and in the in the next when we got the text saying that our flight was delayed, they said you can change your flight without penalty. Well, so that, we in said, that okay. regard, in that regard, I have to say they've gotten better. That you can book. I just booked a flight to uh, Europe with, and uh, you could change it in a certain period of time, but for two hundred bucks. It's all refundable. I thought that was a good investment. Not that I need to refund it, but just some for $200, it's worth, well, to be able to say I can change it now for $200 penalty. That's really what I was thinking. I'm going to go. But, um, but at any rate, that's, uh, that's rough. So uh, how does the restaurant run when you're away? I would think... Uh. You, I have a, such, I have an amazing general manager, amazing managers, and a great chef de cuisine, great people who've been with me for so many years. So, you know, yeah, like today I came in and caught something that shouldn't have been, but for the most part, uh, they're on it. And, uh, and I trust, and I have to trust. And that's, that is just the way it's got to be because otherwise I'll have no life. So I figure my one, the way I'm getting through this is I'm giving myself time, which I never gave myself time. Mm-hmm. All these years I've worked the line and doing all that. And now I'm just saying, all right, I got to pay for the labor. I'm going to take some time. There's a blessing in disguise. If yes. That's what it took. Because yes. I've, I've been someone who has always encouraged anybody, not even in the in- restaurant industry, st- stop with the sp- constant running around like you're on a treadmill. Stop. Breathe. Um, you know, this is a new thing in this society where being busy is a badge of honor. And I think it's the opposite. And now since COVID, I think that's changing. I think that a lot of people are have really learned. Well, uh, two of my sous chefs came to me after you know COVID said, look, we really only want to work four days. So... I, I mean, I understand. I empathize. I only want to work four days. So <laughs> we worked around the schedule. And because that's one of the things that many, one of the learnings so much that people want out of a job is flexible time. If there's one, you know, that's one benefit besides the pay, besides the health benefits, flexibility is super important. And so I absolutely honored it, A, because I understand it, and B, because we had enough staff where we could do it. And, and it, uh, isn't it difficult to manage, though, that if you're, it's one thing to have schedules, and it's another thing to manage all this flexibility. Now, does that yes. mean that someone can call in the day before and say, listen, or the day of? I'm not coming in today and you're okay with that? You know what? We'd rather that they didn't do that, but we had a, I mean, we have that all the time with our dishwashers. You know, one day there's one guy, one day, and thank God people have rallied for us. Oh, people, you know, we'll go in desperation. Oh, this guy's not coming in today. Can you come? Can you stay? And thankfully people have really rallied to to work when others haven't shown, but we had a lot of that happen. We've had a lot of that happen, but you know what? If somebody has the foresight to ask for time off, we have it built in our system request a day and we you know grant it we don't schedule them on we get it covered we're happy to do that yeah just don't leave us with our pants down that's all but you know that happens too 
What are, do you uh, long for the days when your biggest? I don't know if they ever ever existed, but your biggest challenge might have been to get creative with your menu. Oh man, uh, you know my days of hustling. Those were it was really hard to always be hustling and think about the next thing and what's okay. What can we do? And you know, I'm still now. I'm. I'm hustling that, you know, like, as I said, with the TikTok videos and ditch this and make the switch, you know, I'm just trying to show that there are other aspects of what mothers does and the things you can do. And I want people to learn how to cook for themselves. So just putting myself out there is a little way to say, hey, mothers are still here. Remember us. Hey, come visit. You know, well, also, I think it's uh, it's interesting that we've gone away from thick cookbooks to two-minute TikTok videos. And well, that's, that's how people are learning how to cook. Well, and one of the th- and what I learned is that's right. People, A, want something fast. They, wanna, they want their videos fast. Nobody's going to watch a video more than two minutes. I learned that. And B, I hate the fact that when there, some people put recipes up and you watch them throw oil into a pan, throw the eggs in, throw this in, and they don't tell you how many. And, oh, go to this link. I hate that. Whereas at least I say this is how much you put in. That was one thing I was adamant because my friend who I'm working with, he was, oh, do we really have to write that to it? Yes. I want people to know how much while I'm doing it so that they can follow along. So, um, yes, I've learned they have to be 60 seconds you got something is very complex. I have to figure out how to do it in so few steps so that I can fit it into 60 seconds. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I got out of advertising is I just couldn't stand the idea of everything had been chopped up and 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 return on investment had to be identified that day. That just killed me. And yeah, so, no, there's and I have no. I, I'm probably spending all this time and energy for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm putting it out into the universe and just hoping. Well, you know, maybe this, maybe one. And I think I've gotten one or two guests at the restaurant because they happened upon the TikTok. So mm-hmm. it's whatever you can do, however you can bring them in. I'm just hustling, you know, I'm hustling. I wish I could, like you said, I wish I could spend my time figuring out what's new and to create in the kitchen. Whereas I have to spend my time hustling and getting people into the restaurant so that we can make something in the kitchen. And I, and I, I think it's great. Well, I don't know if it's great, but it's interesting that you're producing those yourself because uh, that's just more that it does. You can't just whip that together, right? How nope. long does it take you to do a video from concept to actual completion and all, well, the, we all, all like, the fucking tagging that you have to do on it? Uh, too? Uh, <laughs> believe me, um, it takes a lot. And thankfully, A, I'm using recipes from my cookbook, so I don't have to sit there and and write down the recipe. It's already written. So now I just have to figure out how to, what am I going to, how few steps can I do with this? How few words can I say? Whereas my proclivity is to talk you through everything. (laughs) I want to tell you everything and why you're doing this. Um, But I know that isn't what the world wants. So I leave that, uh, that's in my cookbook. Some of the world does because some people are still buying books and some people can watch a video for more than a minute. Well, so. I linked it to, I do have on my, now on Mother's Bistro's website, I have a 
column that says media and you can just go to that and all the TikToks and all the recipes are right there so people don't have to memorize what I did but at least it's right there on the videos so they can see the quantities and stuff but yeah I have to I do it all I figure out what we're going to shoot in a day how many can we get done uh my friend Stephen Cassell uh does the videoing and uh you know he'll yeah, so he's learning. We're learning as we go. Neither one of us. He's not a videographer, and I'm not a producer. But we're and just, then it'll all we're change. Just doing it. The, the, you learn. You learn what you learn, and then they're going to change the algorithm. Exactly, and, and it won't be TikTok anymore. It'll be something else. So, well, you know uh, what I learned about TikTok, which is the reason why I decided to do this, which was shocking to me, is that there's no real authority doing things and teaching things like if you want to know how to make an omelet you have some dweeb from illinois who's never cooked in their day you know a day in their life showing you and and then people are watching this person who really doesn't know and i said well let maybe somebody with a thought maybe somebody really knows how to make an omelet should show how to make an omelet and you can get some real information there so i i feel like okay well i can be you know somebody who's showing how to do things and and the real way and what you what you're showing are generally simple things. They're not. Right. It's just it goes along with the one minute. You you can't show someone how to make anything complicated for dinner. In a minute, you're doing biscuits and pancakes and omelets, salad dressings and salads. Right. And uh, yes, we're showing the components, and then uh, mm-hmm, but some things you can make a dinner in a pot like a couscous i could show how to do a couscous eh, almost well you will we'll have to see i haven't got there yet i got ideas which i want to talk to you about at some point okay um so when you when you present the dish at the end of your videos to booby are you thinking of rob i'm always thinking that uh you know or my grandkids are booby all my are friends are boobies my yeah. staff are boobies it means baby doll honey Okay. So uh, anybody, it's endearing. Anybody I love are my boobies. I love the fact that you found a format and you're sticking with it, and uh, <laughs> and it's all you. So I appreciate it. Listen, I know you're busy, and this was as about as impromptu as this podcast uh, has ever had. It's never happened. I think it, uh, maybe in the same day. But thank you so much for agreeing to do this today and um i haven't seen you in a while my son here's uh, i have a question for you my son i think it was my last birthday i don't remember when it was got me a mother's bistro gift card how do you feel about accepting those i'm gonna i'm in this weird time where i was like i don't want to oh my gosh please use them use them they've been paid for Okay. You should use them. We have so many. We just had to, we just kind of wrote off so many gift certificates that we've held on since 2005. People never, and 15, we just wrote them off up to 15 because we've held on that long hoping somebody will redeem their gift certificate. So redeem, redeem. I know, don't but it's worry. not a time. Everybody at the, in the pandemic was saying, buy the gift certificates, but don't use them to help the restaurants uh, out. So. Do you know, I feel really, I don't feel comfortable acting like a charity. You know, I feel that we are a business and we need to conduct ourselves like a business and we need to run like a business. And um, so, no, you you use that card. Somebody paid for that card. It wasn't free. Okay. So, well, yes. I'll, I'll be in and use it and, and, and maybe I'll bring a group and use more. 
than just right. the, the card. Well, listen, you conduct yourself not only like a wonderful business, but as a friend. Always, without even having known me years ago, you were very gracious and have been, and your staff from day one, it kind of helped me move to Portland, was the, was the uh, hospitality that I received at starting at Mother's and then, you know, went from there. So... Um, so thank you so much for everything and for coming on this podcast. I appreciate it. Well, thank it. you for having me. I appreciate it. This is actually the fourth time if you do a search wow. for Lisa Schroeder, you're going to find four different episodes now. One where you hosted a few years ago. So I interviewed Lori Wolf. That's right. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And I'm glad you're uh, an integral part of uh of our we're just about to celebrate we're just about to start or we're starting our 10th year we completed wow this is our 10th we started this when people didn't know what a podcast was so um you were at the forefront as i'm on the phone with you i'm checking specials for tonight okay (laughs) what's better tell last as we leave final Uh, parting shot what's the special tonight tonight we're serving a strawberry toasted almond and goat cheese salad with a poppy seed dressing a cod puttanesca with tomatoes kalamata olives garlic capers orzo pasta with spinach cream of turkey and vegetable soup a southwest mac and cheese and um chocolate pudding is our one of our many desserts so very nice good now, yeah, I, I like to look at the specials and make sure there's no typos. Yeah, well, people don't. People tell me that no one cares about typos anymore, but I don't. I don't buy. Oh that. my gosh, I do. Yeah, no, I make an occasional one, but I just I, uh, the spelling nowadays on social media is to, just crazy. So. Anyway, thank you for checking that, and thanks for uh, being with us. Just a quick, just as you mentioned, your specials for dinner tonight. Um, how 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 do you do at dinner? I think I do, as you said before, think of you as breakfast and lunch. And I've been there for dinner, but it's been a it's been a while. It's pretty slow. We're um, Friday and Saturdays when there's events, when there's shows, when there's games, and when there's hotel guests. We do well. If the hotel vacancies are low, which I, when I moved there, I had no idea that we could benefit from being in the hotel. And in hindsight, it was a great move from that perspective. But, um, you know, unless there's something happening downtown, we don't get a lot of people coming, making the trip. And Lisa, I've said this before, you obviously, I don't think you've listened, but what seemed like a genius idea years ago Vitali opening his hotel restaurants um, and uh, David Machado having his hotel restaurants and then you doing your thing. You're like the last one standing uh, of the of the chef chefs. Um, even Jose Chesa made a terrible talk about bad timing. His his move was what? Uh, February of 2020 into that space. The, the but you're still standing and... Uh, it's great to see, and you're looking. You look fantastic. This is Thank not a. You. This is not. People can check you out at Mother's Bistro on Instagram. Correct. Uh, Mother's Bistro on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Right. You look great, but you're all Thank dressed you. up. You're not in chef studs right now, so <laughs> you look, you look <laughs> totally even better. Totally coincidence. Oh well, it's a good thing. Even before you called me today, I was wearing this. So 
Very nice. Well, I'm uh, all decked out, too. Well, nobody can see us anyway. I've got the face for radio. Well, I say the same thing, and (laughs) I also think it's incredible that my girlfriend uh, met me, saw me on television before she met me. So who would ever think that would be the case? Aw, come on now. (laughs) Be kind to yourself. Oh, I'm getting a little kinder and gentler as I get older. So um, thanks, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right